Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is MedTalk presented by HCA Midwest Health. I'm Jamie Monticelli with Dr. Ann Koberman, surgical breast oncologist. And today we're talking about the importance of breast health and mammograms 101. Thanks a lot for being here. Thank you for having me. So Dr. Koberman, as I looked up more about breast health, the statistics were overwhelming. So tell me, is it true that one in eight women will have breast cancer in their lifetime. And if you think about your tribe, that means that someone you know and love is likely to have a chance of being diagnosed at some point. That is true. Uh, Frequently in my clinic, people will come and say, but nobody in my family has breast cancer. And unfortunately, that's not the only risk factor. Uh, And we will see patients that have no identifiable risk factors that are diagnosed with breast cancer. So how do we beat it then, and how do we make sure that we are never one of those one in eight? We may not be able to not be one of those one in eight. The most important things are that we are doing appropriate screening. So if we develop breast cancer, it's identified early where it's very treatable. And there are some things that we can do to help reduce our risk, including eliminating um, hormone replacement therapy, minimizing alcohol intake, and exercise, a balanced diet, the things that every doctor is going to tell you. What would you say the top four things are that a woman should expect before... Uh, during and after a mammogram, if you talk to your friends and you talk to the women in your life that have been through this kind of thing, even if they haven't, they're really nervous about it. They fear the pain and they fear what they're going to find out. It is. It can be a scary thing. So before you go, it's important to know that they're not going to want you to wear deodorant. Um, Some of the parts of the deodorant can show up on the mammogram and make it look like calcifications. And so they're going to want you not to do that. Now, if you forget, most mammogram places will have wipes and things that you can clean yourself up. The other thing is if you have particularly tender breasts, um, picking a time during the month where they're less tender can minimize the discomfort from the mammogram. When you go, um, make sure that you're going to an accredited uh, center and it has radiologists that are accredited to evaluate your mammogram, so you're going to get the most um, up-to-date exam. And then afterwards, you should expect to get a letter from the, the imaging center that tells you that everything looks okay, that more imaging is needed, or um, what other steps should, should come next. So we know a mammogram is important, but when do we know the right time that it is for one? So if you don't have a family history of breast cancer, uh, the current recommendations are that you start at age 40 um, and continue mammograms once a year thereafter. Some patients, we will start with mammograms earlier if they have a family history of early onset breast cancer, and that's something you should talk to your doctor about. If the listener is not in that age range, what else can they do? Would it be important to better understand a breast self-exam? Absolutely. Breast awareness is an important part of breast health. Um, Everybody has some lumps and bumps, so it's kind of important to know what yours are so that if something changes over time, you're able to tell that it's different. And then we recommend women really starting that as early as about age 20. Can you talk a little bit more about that without getting, you know, in- incredibly graphic, but what should someone be feeling for? What do, what do you know is normal and what is not? What should scare you? The, the great thing is if you go and have an annual exam and your physician just performed an exam on you, um, that's a great time to examine your breasts to get used to what your normal is. Um, the other thing is looking at the breast skin, making 
making sure there aren't changes, making sure that there isn't dimpling or redness, um, looking for kind of prominent veins, looking for retraction of your nipple, and then also feeling um, kind of firm areas, densities, uh, changes that way. It sounds like it's a pretty exciting time to be a physician dedicated to saving women's lives. Can we talk about some of the new developments and breakthroughs that are happening in women's health? Absolutely. There's a lot happening in breast care uh, to help with screening and uh, treatment options. One of the big things um, from a surgical standpoint is the uh, development of hidden scar technology. So breast cancer treatment can be very traumatic. Um, and one of the things that we can do with that is is place incisions in more cosmetically appealing locations so there's not as much uh, trauma from surgical scarring. Um, another great thing with treatment is a recent study came out that indicated that we don't need to treat quite as many uh, women with chemotherapy and they can still have safe outcomes um, and low risk of recurrence. So that's been very exciting. Uh, if I can for a second, can we go back to some of the risk factors? And for those that have a history of breast health in their family, there, mm -hmm. there are a couple of things in particular. Talk to me more about what they should be looking for and how early to get started. I don't personally, I don't know that there is a history of breast cancer in my family, sure. but if, but if someone did, how should things be different for them? So the things that you want to know about your family history are what relatives were affected. So closer relatives, parents, children, siblings are going to have a greater effect on you than second cousin, more peripheral relatives. Um, the other thing that's important to take into account is the age that they were diagnosed. So somebody that was diagnosed at age 40 is much more impactful on your risk than somebody that was diagnosed at age 80. Um, and then you want to take into account the volume of, of patients in your family. How many people had breast cancer? Did anyone have ovarian cancer? And all of those things kind of come together to help us define what your individual risk is. Is any research being done to reduce what people tell me is the, I don't have a better word for it than smushing, <laughs> the smushing, but the incredible discomfort that people seem to talk about in the actual process of the mammogram? Is anything being talked about with making that less horrifying to people? You know, there there is some... Um advancement in that area. And one of the things that we do that helps is the 3D mammography. And some people refer to that as tomosynthesis. Um, and you still have to have some squishing. So that doesn't totally go away. But Pancaking, they, right, we call that. Right. They are able to make a 3D reconstruction of your breast when the radiologist is looking at it. And so that helps them look through the breast tissue um, a little bit easier where they don't have to squash it quite as much to be able to see through it. Is there anything else that people should know that you want people to know about breast health? I think the most important thing is um, speak with your doctor, know your risk factors, know when it's important for you to start screening, and then making sure you follow through with self-exam, uh, mammography, uh, and clinical breast exam. Thanks to Dr. Ann Koberman for joining us. This has been MedTalk presented by HCA Midwest Health. I'm Jamie Monticelli. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.